Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 10, 9, ignition sequence start. Space Nuts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Space Nuts. Astronauts report it feels good. Hello and welcome to the Space Nuts, a podcast about astronomy. My name's Andrew Dunkley and with me, Dr. Fred Watson from the Australian Astronomical Observatory. Hello, Fred. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? It's uh, great to be space nutting again with you. Yes. yes. Well, we, we've got a history in this uh, kind of genre. You and I have been talking astronomy and space for well over a decade on radio, but now we make our sojourn, no pun intended, into, uh, into the podcasting world. Absolutely. Moving with the times as we always do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and first up, we're going to uh, talk about some um, weird things that they've discovered, dark noodles or lumps of gas clouds uh, in space that seem to uh, be quite significant. I mean, we know there's a lot of dust and cloud and all sorts of uh, things out there, but, th- but this, is, um, this is different. This is new. It is. Um, it goes back to really more what we don't know about the universe than what we do know. Uh, Because astronomers know that uh, when they look into space, they're not seeing everything that there is to see. They're they're not seeing everything that's there. Uh, You can can basically do some... um, They're not quite back-of-the-envelope calculations, but they, they start off like that. You can do calculations that tell you how much material you expect to find in the universe and what sort of proportions it should be in. And we know that um, most of the mass energy budget of the universe is locked up in something called dark energy, which I'm, I'm sure you and I will talk about in these podcasts down the track. Mm. And then uh, about um, 20% of the makeup of the universe is, is something else called dark matter, uh, which is matter kind of like the, the normal matter that we're used to, you know, the, the stuff that makes up you and I and our sun and the, and the planets of the solar system. Uh, but it is some unknown species of matter. It's not. Uh, it, it, it's not what we in the trade call baryons. Baryons are the normal uh, elements of atoms. This is something that isn't baryons. It's a different kind of species. And once again, uh, the hunt is on for what dark matter is. And no doubt we will talk about that down the track too. But that leaves you about five percent of stuff that is basically normal matter. Um, it's. The stuff that the stars are made of, the hydrogen that uh, is how the sun burns, the, 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 the dust that's in our galaxy, the, the material of planets, the material of human beings, the material of wildlife, that is normal matter and we expect it makes up 5% of the, of the, the budget of the universe. But the problem is we only see about a third of that. And so astronomers are always worried that there's something lurking somewhere else that we're not finding. And that is why, getting to the point at long last, that is why this story is in the news at the moment, uh, that Australian astronomers think that they have detected 
this normal matter, sometimes called the missing matter because it's stuff that should be there and isn't, they think they've detected uh, clumps of this stuff in our own Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy is this beautiful giant spiral uh, of stars and gas and dust of which the sun is is a member, uh, along with uh, maybe two or three hundred billion more stars. <laughs> it's a big place. So the uh, missing matter that uh, we think has been detected actually by radio astronomers using telescopes operated by the CSIRO here in Australia, uh, what, what they're doing is they're finding evidence uh, of this missing matter lurking in our galaxy, not by seeing it directly, but by looking at its effect on the light or the radio waves coming from much more distant objects. So if you've got something like a quasar, which is a kind of delinquent galaxy, uh, way, way out, um, many um, billions of light years away, uh, its light filters through the material of our own galaxy. And it, what these radio astronomers have detected is evidence that there are blobs of matter in the galaxy, which we're not seeing in any other way. But those blobs are acting like lenses for the radio waves. They're kind of focusing the radio waves down and making the radio signals from these distant objects vary. <laughs> Are you still with me, Andrew? I, I, <laughs> I am. So what, what you're saying, though, is that the, 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 what they're receiving is not a constant. It's, it's sort of uh, amplifying and then fading away because of these things in between that are, that are interrupting or accelerating it. Exactly, that's right. It's, uh, this stuff in between is all, acting almost exactly like a lens does. When you hold a lens up uh, to the uh, to the light uh, and move it around, you see it varying in, in brightness. The light varies in brightness. And that's what's happening here. You've got these radio signals coming from distant objects. It's being uh, modified by a lens of material in between. And then we're seeing the result of that. But what is new about this work, and really in, in its own way quite sensational, is that by analysing the way that the signal varies, you can actually get an idea of the shape of the lens. And uh, there are a number of possibilities. They haven't narrowed down yet exactly what these shapes of, of invisible matter are, but the suggestions include <laughs> cylindrical things like noodles, which are hollow in the middle. Yeah. They include fat, flat sheets like lasagna, which uh, are flat. And um, just to add a bit of spice to the issue, you can tell the way these guys are thinking, can't you? It's all food-based. Yes. Um, the last one is that they might be shells a bit like a hazelnut with its shell around it. Oh, sort of perfect for our segment. Perfect. Yeah, that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. So, so the uh, the idea is that by making more observations, they might be able to to basically home in on exactly what it is, what shapes these uh, gas clouds are adopting uh, out there, the invisible clouds in our galaxy, uh, noodles, lasagna, or hazelnuts, and then we'll know much more about the state of our galaxy. Uh, it's it's all about Andrew. Uh, it, you know, it sounds esoteric, but it's really all about trying to find out what is. The, the true structure of our galaxy, because there is more to it than meets the eye. That's the bottom line. And, and that's something that we've been discovering more and more in recent times. Uh, we've talked about exoplanets, and it was, you know, 20 years ago we thought, oh, they might be there, and now we, we're finding hundreds and, or even thousands Indeed, of them. Thousands, that's right, yes. Now, exactly. we're, now we're discovering that the nothing in between isn't nothing. 
isn't nothing. That's exactly it. You put it in a nutshell. There you are. That's what uh, uh, 35 years of journalistic experience does for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people call it something else. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this is a story that's obviously going to develop in time and there'll be more to tell as they do more studies and more analysis on what these, these clouds, these noodles, lasagna pieces and hazelnuts are. So we'll keep an eye on that and uh, be able to report in as they uh, as they unfold. Space nuts. Uh, another interesting thing that's that's happening uh, as we speak, more or less, is um, a, a great convergence. Uh, uh, five of the uh, solar system's planets are about to align, which uh, should be rather spectacular. Uh, indeed, that's right. They're, in fact, they're aligned as we speak. Um, this is um, a, an alignment of the what we call the five naked eye planets for that reason, that they're the ones that you can see with the unaided eye. They've been known since ancient times. Nobody ever discovered them because we've known about them more or less ever since we were we, we became curious about the sky. Uh, and I don't know how many years ago that was, but it's a long time ago. So the planets that are in question are, of course, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter and Saturn, the five Saturn planets that are visible with the unaided eye. And in our morning sky at the moment, they're all strung out in a line, um, which is very spectacular. It's the first time, actually, for about uh, 11 years since, uh, or the first time that these naked eye planets have all been visible in the same part of the sky. Um, uh, in the morning sky is, is when we're seeing them at the moment. So if you get up, you need to get up early to see this, because when I say the morning sky, I don't mean 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, mean, I mean around about 5 o'clock, um, because it, uh, what's happening is that uh, Venus and Mercury are, are currently rising before sunrise, and Mercury is the one that is the most difficult to see because that at the moment is is nearest to the sun in the sky so it sort of peeps above the eastern horizon not very long before sunrise and so you've got to look, look fairly carefully for mercury uh, but then there's venus the planet venus the brightest of all the planets absolutely dazzling uh, uh looks like a searchlight in the sky uh, above that is saturn saturn is a little bit less easy to find because it's not that much brighter than the stars are uh, but it's uh, got its yellowish color and if you've got access to a telescope well of course you can have a quick look and you can see the rings Binoc even binoculars if they're powerful mm -hmm. enough will show you that saturn is not a perfect dot of light that it's got this slight elongation to it uh, and then higher up in the sky the, the planet Mars. Um, Mars is always described as the red planet, but uh, to me it always looks golden. Uh, in fact, it was an ABC listener who once said, what's that golden star I can see? And I thought, what a perfect description. It's actually not a star, it's Mars, <coughs> with its golden colour uh, high in the sky, almost directly overhead. And then, once again, very bright, not quite as bright as Venus, but brighter than everything else, the, the giant planet Jupiter, which certainly rewards a look through binoculars because there's a good chance that you'll see... Uh, one or more of its four bright moons, um, marking out Jupiter as, as a very interesting object. I remember once before when, I don't know which planet it was, uh, was in a certain position, you could actually use binoculars or even a, um, a, a, a lens on a camera and, and focus in on the planet and actually see 
the yeah. moons yeah, with that's the right. naked eye, which yeah. is it's just so fascinating to think that something so far away is so easily visible. Indeed. it's um, And, of course, this is uh, what Galileo observed back in 1610. He was the first person to observe the moons of Jupiter and work out that they were actually going round Jupiter. He thought at first they were just stars in the background, but then realised that something a bit funny was going on. And these little stars... Uh, he thought there were three at first, but then realised there were four uh, are actually orbiting around Jupiter. He called them, uh, mm. actually, uh, he called them after the um, Cosimo de' Medici, his patron. Uh, and that's always a good thing in astronomy. You know, you name them after somebody and hope you get a pension. And indeed he did. Uh, but um, but he, uh, uh, he, he, he uh, we now call them the Galilean moons of Jupiter. And and does it matter where you are, are are on the planet if you want to take a look, or is this something that's just going to be uh, pretty much visible to everyone everywhere? Yes, it is. It's everywhere. That's right. Um, the, uh, uh, the 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 planets are really they're lined up on what we call the ecliptic, which is the the path of the sun through the sky, and the planets stick fairly close to closely to the ecliptic. Uh, the ecliptic is visible from. Most of the Earth. I mean, it's uh, there's a few bits near the poles where you can't see all of it, but uh, but the, uh, the the Earth um, everywhere in the northern hemisphere they can see, apart from near the pole, they can see these these planets. Because they'll be looking at five planets, but they'll be seeing six. Indeed, they will. If they look downwards, they'll see the sixth one as well. That's right. Very good. All right, Fred. <laughs> we'll leave it there. It's been nice to uh, chat with you as always. Uh, gas lumps, lasagna, hazelnuts and the alignment of the planets. Who'd have thunk that they all came in together? That's right. Great stuff, Andrew. Good to talk to you too and see you next time. Space Nuts. You've been listening to the Space Nuts podcast. Subscribe to the full podcast on iTunes, Audioboom and Stitcher or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.